Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. It's been 24 hours since the Halibut election, and I'm in Briggs Cove in the east end of Cornerbrook, near the mouth of the Humber River. It's a cold, dark fall night, and I'm parked here on a piece of ground that contains the graves of my ancestors. The remains of the breaks are buried under the construction rubble that I'm here on right now. It's thought that Jane Matthews, the Mi'kmaq woman who settled here with Ralph Brake on these shores that were teeming with salmon, may also be buried here. Speak to us, ancestors. Across the road and up the hill, I see the lights of the houses of the many families descended from the Brakes, named Brake also, but Dix, Dewhart, and Hines, After a toxic campaign, I've come here to reconnect, to remind myself why we do what we do, organize elections, report on elections, try to build a Halibut Mi'kmaq band. It was an ugly month where it was not only ideas that were attacked, but people, their honesty and integrity. No more so than Chief Brendan Mitchell, the lightning rod for the anger at 10,000 people losing their native status. But when the ballots were counted, he won in a landslide with more votes than his two competitors combined. Not only that, all but one of the incumbent councillors were re-elected. The only one who lost was Central Vice Chief Joe Buzan, who aligned himself with the social media opponents of his fellow councillors. And so we move on. Or do we? Can those who are being denied their status accept that federal intransigence and not Halibut corruption is the problem? And can Brenda Mitchell forgive and forget? Or will his habit of taking things personally make him unable to do so. We will see. The new council will be sworn in on November 23rd, and it promises to be a more unified council than the fractious group of the past three years. There will be a functioning executive of chief and uh, new vice chiefs, Keith Cormier and Randy Drover, both allies of Brendan Mitchell. Another Mitchell ally is Odell Pike, who takes over as Stephenville counselor from Gerard Alexander, who frequently had testy exchanges with the chief at the council table. We'll hear from Odell Pike later in the show. Meanwhile, the enrollment fight will now move to the courts. That will allow the band to focus on other matters, in particular on economic development. The Newfoundland economy is in a tailspin, and the provincial government is counting on Halibut, to leverage its advantages as a First Nation and become a key player in economic renewal. 
Returning Cornerbrook Ward Councillor Brian Dix will be front and center in that. He led the repositioning of the Halibu Development Corporation into an arm's length commercial concern. And he's been one of the band's point people in negotiations with the Barry Group on a joint venture in redfish harvesting and processing. I sat down with Brian Dix the day after his re-election to talk about what we can expect from the new council. Congratulations, you won with uh, 922 votes, uh, which was more than your opponents combined. So that was a good uh, outcome for you. Were you surprised that you won so handily? Well, first, thank you, Glenn. It's a pleasure to, to join you. It's our first time having a, a conversation. And uh, yes, I mean, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect. It's been a, a tumultuous three years, as, as everybody knows. And I went into this uh, just, I guess, basically on, on the, the strength of, of what I know I've done over the past three years. My level of involvement has been has been been considerable, and I put together. I took the time to put together a comprehensive platform, and to to run a campaign that would uh, would would hopefully you know see me brought back and reelected to serve another another term. So I'm delighted that it uh, it went that way. Uh, had it not, that would have been uh, been I guess fine too. I would have been respectful of the of the voters, and I would have supported their decision, and I would have continued to, to be involved in, in some other capacity. Because, yeah. Now, yeah. let me ask you about the campaign. Cornerbrook Ward uh, is the city of Cornerbrook, but also the south shore of the Bay of Islands down to Mount Moriah, and on the other side, all the way down to Cox's Cove. And up to Pasadena. And up to Pasadena. Well, and out to, out to uh, Spruce Brook and the Georges Lake area. So it's a, yeah, it's a large area, and it's by far the largest ward in terms of number of... Uh, of members as well. Yes. So when you were going out uh, doing your campaigning, what were people telling you about Halibut? What was their, what complaints did they have and what did they want to see different from mm -hmm. the way things are? Well, I think it's it's, uh, it's not a surprise that the, the primary issue centered around enrollment because there are very few, if any, families that haven't been impacted in some way, whether it's a brother or a sister or a, you know, a son or a daughter, and in some cases a parent. Um, so that that was, I would say, the overriding issue. Beyond and were that, they a, and were they asking you to to do something about it? Were they asking you to take responsibility for it? Were they blaming you for the enrollment process, or what was their attitude when they were talking? Well, about in that? in one on one conversations, it certainly wasn't accusatory or, or or looking to blame. It was concern and wondering, you know, where are we on this? Because there's a lot of information out there, and you know, some of it is 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 accurate. Uh, for sure, some of it is, is is misinformation, in terms of of our role uh, that we've played in that over the past three years. There's certainly no uh, substance to the suggestion that we've we've uh, we've sat by and and let this happen and uh, without a, without a care about it. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth on that. But we have been somewhat limited based on the supplemental agreement and the, the legal context of that in terms of the agreement between the FNI and Canada. Um, as I've mentioned uh, to a number of those people, I said I acknowledge the supplemental agreement because it exists, but I don't support it in terms of the impact that it's had, uh, the negative impact that it's had by removing a lot of, of, uh, of members that uh, have, have every right to be here, in my opinion. Uh, clearly, the terms of the supplemental agreement would, would, uh, would dictate otherwise. And there are also many applicants who 
based on their ancestry, uh, and I know that there are, there's more than ancestry involved, you know, there's also self-identification and connection to community. But based on, on ancestry alone, I think uh, my own personal feeling is that if your ancestry uh, qualifies you for, for admission into, into a First Nation band, that there should be a, a way for you to get there. Hmm. Now, um, you will be uh, going back to council with, uh, with Chief Brendan Mitchell, who was returned also with a very solid uh, majority. Um, and uh, all the incumbents uh, but one. Uh, it was a, uh, a nasty campaign, especially on social media. Uh, a lot of uh, bad things were said, in particular uh, against the chief, but against uh, all the incumbents, I guess, on council, including yourself. Mm-hmm. So do you think that, uh, that you and do you think that the chief can uh, let that go or will, will that linger with the new council? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking for myself, which I, I can't speak for anybody else in terms of how, how they might feel about that, but for me, I, I recognize and acknowledge the, um, the forum that everything plays out in these days with social media. It's a, it is a different world, and you, you certainly are, are opened up to the, to the I guess, the, the, the attacks and, and, and the, the scrutiny, and I don't mind the scrutiny um, by any measure, but going forward for me, I, I acknowledge that it was a tough three years. It was a tough election in terms of a lot of the rhetoric. And, uh, but for me, it's about moving forward. I, I don't carry any of that stuff around. There's no, in, in, I don't have a vindictive nature and payback is not something that, that, mm. uh, that interests me. I'm interested in us moving forward. And I think the, the first, one of the first things I'd like to see happen in that respect is that, that we, we take the time as council to first of all identify the sources of the divisiveness and the division uh, a little more closely. And then we, we look at what measures and, and what actions we can take to create some unity and some cohesiveness. And I think one of the first places we go for that would be to our membership and, and have that conversation with them. And, um, and then to look, at, look at, very, at a very positive way moving forward and not looking to, to isolate or to blame or to, or to punish anybody in the process. I don't think that's constructive at all. Yeah. Now, uh, the two, two of the new faces on council will be, the, will be two new vice chiefs, one from Western, Keith Cormier, and one from Central, Randy Drover. Uh, anyone who observed the last council could see quite clearly that there was no functioning executive in terms of chief and, and vice chiefs. Uh, we expect that the new council will be different with that uh, group of three uh, chief and two vice chiefs. How do you think that will uh, affect the dynamic of council having a functioning executive for the first time? Well, I mean, I'm, again, I'm encouraged by, by the prospect. I think we, we have two incoming vice chiefs that have strengths in their areas. I think they're independent thinkers. I think they are good thinkers. They'll bring ideas. They'll bring uh, support to the chief on the executive committee side that I think is it's extremely important and um, I think personally that it's going to it has the opportunity to function very well going forward and I'm, I'm and, encouraged and would by you that. see them being a, a sort of um, a leadership um, 
body of council, the uh, this group of three uh, chief and vice chiefs? Well, you know, based on our bylaws and I guess the, the way the, the, the corporate structure of council, the executive committee does have the, the jurisdiction, I guess the ability to deal with certain things outside of council itself. And so it, it helps just, uh, I guess, with the logistics and 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 the, the the throughput to be able to get certain things done so you know having having an effective executive committee I think will will ensure that uh, you know things are, are properly vetted that they're discussed at that level and if they need to come back to council they will but I think you know each councillor can't be all things to 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 every every issue and it's structured that way so that it can it can work effectively and efficiently and smoothly so you know, I'm as again, I'm, I'm very encouraged by the prospect that we'll have a very um, effective executive committee. Hmm. Now, one thing that you spent a lot, a lot of time on, in this past council was the arrangement with uh, Barry Group to process um, a redfish uh, quota. Uh, where would you like that to be three years from now, at the end of the next council? You're right. I, that's been a, one of my, my major files that I, I've been involved in. And I'm, I represent Halibu over the past year, year and a half almost now, at various DFO roundtable discussions and, and uh, steering committees as it relates to redfish. Also, I've been involved with the mackerel and now most recently with the, the, uh, the, the seal industry because we see opportunities to grow our commercial fisheries on a number of different fronts. With respect to the redfish, there is a test fishery that came out of the roundtable discussions that I, I was party to and, and participated in over the past year that will start in November. And um, it's designed to, to, the outcome of that is, without getting into too much detail on it, is to uh, provide the science people in DFO with some empirical data that hopefully will see them then be able to increase the annual tack or the total allowable catch uh, from what started out at roughly around 40,000 metric tons a year up to over 100,000 metric tons a year if, if certain, certain um, things can be proven as it relates to the two species of redfish separating them as it relates to the small fish protocols and the bycatch that's associated with them. So for the next two years there will be no major commercial fishery. This is there will be a very small commercial fishery uh, similar to what they've had over the years, very small quotas you know, 5,000 metric tons, roughly five or 10, and, uh, and then a test fishery. Once that's done and science comes out and, and establishes what the, the tack, the total allowable catch will be per year. And again, keep in mind, we're talking about a biomass that will be up around 5 million metric tons, huge, uh, never seen before in redfish in, 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 in the history. So, uh, and we'd like to see the, the harvest rate on that, the tack, be up at somewhere in the, the, the three to four percent range, which should be completely sustainable. And you can do the math on five million tons. If you had to, if you had three three percent, that'd be 150,000 tons per year. That makes it much more viable as a commercial fishery, and it would allow us, we believe, as a as a you know a, a player in that space to to get a decent quota that we could then then take and and uh, and uh, monetize for ourselves. So in three years, in two years' time. We will. There will be a start of a commercial fishery. Between now and then, we will be lobbying and working hard, as we have been, to make sure that we get Halibut gets a decent piece of quota out of that that total allowable catch. And um, so, in three years, we would we would hope that uh, we are harvesting redfish, 
and that that in turn will will uh, provide own source income to the band, which which we really need to be focusing on. It'll be providing employment for our members who are processors in the processing industry, in the harvesting industry, and in the support supporting industries, service industries that support the fisheries, uh, the fisheries world. And that's certainly not only in the Bay of Islands that would extend up and down the coast and into uh, for redfish. Uh, and, but we don't forget the fact that we are we have 67 communities that are scattered between you know the west coast and 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 central and there are fisheries initiatives that we can look at for central area as well so it sounds like there are, there are two sets of negotiations there one with the feds and one with the Barry group um, and uh, as information about the arrangement with the Barry group has emerged there's a certain amount of um, skepticism or concern one might say about who's going to protect the halibut interest from the berry commercial interest so is that is that your one of your tasks as uh, the lead halibut uh, person on the file to get the best deal from berry as well as the best uh, arrangement with the feds yeah well well with with respect to the berry group um, our relationship with the berry group right now is is summed up in in an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding. There's no specifics to that per se right now. And the, the notion is, is that as, we, as opportunities present and they become real, then we'll sit down and we'll negotiate on behalf of Halibut. And I will be part of that negotiating team, obviously. But it will be going through our Halibut Development Corporation. And when it comes to that point, it will, it will be the board of QDC and the general manager who will actually do that, that one-to-one one uh, negotiating. Big economic development issue, of course, is the urban reserve, and that was an election issue. Tom Rose, the mayor of Stephenville, uh, intervened and said um, any work on this urban reserve for Cornerbrook should stop until arrangements are made for three three reserves, uh, one in Stephenville, one in Central, as well as the one in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. As the councillor for Cornerbrook, will you insist that development on this uh, reserve in Cornerbrook should go ahead and um, and not be uh, sidelined um, by um, by these interventions Glenn I wouldn't insist on on anything for Cornerbrook per se my, my I represent the Cornerbrook ward but you know as, as a council as a member of band council my interest should be uh, for the greater good of the of the of our, of our nation so wherever it makes sense to do certain things uh, you know, I, I would evaluate that and 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 debate it and and come to a determination as to what I can support or not support. Um, at this point, we've moved forward with Cornerbrook as the as the site, and that was based on, I think we've all heard some of the the, uh, the conversations on that, that that the chief has has had during this election. That Cornerbrook stu- stepped up and said, yes, you know, we're interested. And at the time, the uh, the Stephenville. Council was was or the mayor was was uh, was apparently not interested. That's changed now with with uh, with Tom Rose there. Um, you know where that's headed. I don't know at this point. There's it's it's a it's a it's not a simple process, and we've we've embarked on that process. I'm a member of the committee. Again, QDC will be involved in this because it is there is a for-profit side to this, and um, but right now we're we're still at the the front end of it. You know we've got a good team together, and we've got. Representatives from all levels of government, you know, municipal, provincial, and federal. We've had uh, some meetings. We've we've applied for some seed capital through INAC to help us get started with 
it's some of the work, uh, you know, the, the consulting work that needs to be done, the, the, the write-ups that have to be done, and to evaluate sites and so on. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the way it, where we are right now, and I think we, we need to continue to move that forward because it's not an overnight process. It's this, uh, some people say, you know, how many months will it take? Well, some will say how many years will it take? Because it is that process, and we have to get first of all an approval from from the, from Canada or from the from INAC to move ahead with it. And you know we've been talking about industrial park versus uh, urban reserve and so on. Uh, so we need to to get our minds around that as well. I think what our membership would like to see is an opportunity for them to be able to avail of some of the tax benefits that other First Nations have uh, have uh, the ability to avail of. And for us, in order to do that right now, we have to go well outside our, our, uh, our core areas in order to, to avail of that uh, out to the Con River area. So, you know, something that would be here on the West Coast, whether it's in Cornerbrook, whether it's in Stephenville, um, you know. So where, where would you like that to be uh, when we're talking uh, three years from now uh, at the time of the next election? Mm -hmm. Do you think the, the reserve will be a reality in Cornerbrook or elsewhere? I would like to think that we'd be well on the way to it, and uh, maybe there would be something established, at least at the beginnings of it by then. I would think it's at least a two-year process to get mm. to, to a stage where we can say, yes, we have a real go forward. Uh, and I may, be, I may be pessimistic on that. Maybe it can be done a little more quickly, or maybe it'll be a little longer. So I'd be very reticent to, uh, to, to make any, any uh, commitments as to what's going to be in place in three years' time. But I think it's an, it's an important initiative not only for our members, but for, for the, the, the community at large, because it will help stimulate uh, economic activity uh, you know, beyond what, uh, what, what exists right now. And I do like the idea of, of also of having satellite locations in, in, other, in other areas. Again, uh, it's a process, and I don't know uh, the extent to which that will be, the government will be receptive to that. I know there's, uh, there's going to be differently, definitely some pockets of resistance based on uh, uh, you know, different factors. So. I'm committed to working hard with our committee to to move the uh, that file forward, and to attempt to to you know cover the or or, or um, uh, get over the hurdles that are in front of us on that. But uh, I think it's it's doable. You know, if you look at uh, historically across the the country, other smaller urban reserves do exist, and uh, off and and in some cases, you know, we're landless band. I realize that, and that is one of the hurdles, obviously. But, uh, but I, I believe it's, it can be done. And we're, you know, we're getting certainly some uh, positive reception from, from Canada, at least to work with us to help make this happen. But we're still in, it's still early stage. Hmm. Well, Brian, lots of work to do over lots the next three years. Yeah. So uh, thank you and good luck. Thank you, Glenn. My pleasure. Brian Dix, re-elected councillor for Cornerbrook Ward. Though it might turn out to be a more unified council, there's still a ways to go on gender representation. There'll only be one woman among the 12 people on the new council, Odell Pike of Stephenville. I asked her why there were only two women candidates and why she herself entered the rough and tumble world of Halibu politics. First of all, congratulations on your victory last night. Let me, uh, you're a woman with a lot on the go. Why did you want to be on Halibu Council at this time? Well, uh, several reasons. One of them being that uh, I am doing a lot of the work in the ward now with the um, with the members and uh, enrollment, so helping them to fill out their files, writing appeal letters, 
the other reason I want to be on the board is that so I can have a voice. Um, we have a lot of uh, people within the membership and who are not in the membership who seem to think that they can cure all the problems. They come up with a lot of ideas, uh, lateral violence, I call it, but very few solutions to the problems. Can you say so, who, who? Can you be a little bit more specific about who you're talking about? Well, I'm not doing names. I'm talking about the social media, uh, the people on social media that are bad mouthing everything that's being done. So, uh, you know, the way I look at it is if uh, you want to make change, then you have to be a voice. And the only way that you can be that is, is if, if you're there on the board. Hmm. Now, you, uh, among many other things, have been active in the Newfoundland Aboriginal Women's Network. You are, I still am. Yes. Uh, you, are, you will be the only woman on council. There were only mm -hmm. two candidates who ran among the list of, uh, I think, more than 20 candidates altogether. Why do you think uh, more women did not run? Well, I guess there are several reasons. Um, one only has to look at what's going on right now in our provincial uh, government. Um, sometimes women feel, you know, that they're not capable of doing it. Um, one of the things that we do do with our Newfoundland Aboriginal Women's Network is try to empower them into being able to go on uh, boards. And we've done a lot of work with our women in the community over the last probably 10 years now. And we have a lot of strong women in a lot of communities. So And, to, and it takes time to uh, to give those women enough confidence to be able to get up and speak out you know, on issues, because mainly uh, lots of times they they think they don't have a voice when they really do. Hmm. Now you're uh, you're the councillor for Stephenville Ward. It's one of the largest, the larger wards uh, with um, just over three thousand people. One of the issues uh, that emerged in the campaign was via Stephenville Mayor Tom Rose, who said that the development of the urban reserve for Cornerbrook should stop until plans were made for three urban reserves, one also in Stephenville and Central. Uh, do you agree with uh, Tom Rose on that? Well, I don't say that I agree with him, but what I do say is, uh, you know, we can, when I do become a member of the council, which won't happen for another month or so, um, I will work towards uh, looking at how we can make it work in all three areas. I take that to mean then that you're okay with uh, work on uh, the Cornerbrook uh, Urban Reserve going ahead as long as work also uh, goes into um, researching other uh, two other reserves. Yes, and I think it's important that we all work together to make that happen. And... Uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy out there right now about um, different areas, and it's very difficult when you're a provincial organization, and sometimes we have the same uh, situations in even with the Newfoundland Aboriginal Women's Network because we are a provincial organization, and everybody wants a piece of the pie, 
and sometimes that's not possible. You know, you have to uh, take one step at a time. Mm. So uh, it depends, I think, on a lot on the way you approach things. And, um, you know, everything can work if you want it to. You just have to work at it. Now, what did you hear when you were going around Stephenville during the canteen? What did you hear from people in Stephenville about Halibut? Uh, I would imagine there's, um, there's uh, of course, uh, bad feelings about enrollment. Um, um, but do you also get the sense that there is um, – is there – uh, very much engagement, do you think, between um, Mi'kmaq people in Stephenville and the Halibut Band, or do they see it as being somewhat remote from them? The three biggest issues that uh, people spoke to me about when when I was doing my campaign, uh, the enrollment, of course, which is still a big issue, and it, I guess it will continue to be a big issue until all the court cases are out of the way. And the second uh biggest thing I think was communications and like I said before when you're a provincial organization it's very difficult to uh, communicate with everybody but I think there's there needs to be and I will be working on that as a ward counselor for communications within all of the wards and I think that's important because uh, people want to feel engaged and people want to you know, be part of of a group. So uh, if you have poor communications, then that doesn't happen. And then there's a lot of controversy, bad feelings, and um, a lot of gossip on social media. So we do, we really do as a council need to work on on that piece, and and I intend to do that. And the third issue that was brought up, while I was campaigning was the need for housing. Um, there used to be a program when the FNI was uh, in operations that uh, they had a housing program for repairs, housing repairs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the um, people, of course, now are all seniors and they very much want to see, if not that program, some sort of a program uh, back with the band. To, uh, to to avail that for people in need. Is that for repair or uh, refit or what? What are what is the specific housing? Mostly mostly repairs. Like a lot of the uh, situations that were brought forth were like uh, elderly people, and you you know that our uh, population is aging at a very rapid rate, uh, and you know them being on fixed income is very uh, hard for them to do even simple repairs like repairing their steps mm-hmm. and these were some of the situations you know when people who need wheelchair ramps and and things like that now I know that there are other programs out there but a lot of our um, especially in our area there's a lot of people who are um, illiterate and uh, you know knowing all of those sources and how to reach them and how to get in contact with them it's not known. So these are some of the things that we, we need to work on for our seniors. Odell Pike, incoming ward councillor for Stephenville. And that's it for the show. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time, used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, 
Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio and Norris Point and Rocky Harbor. Tune in on The Voice of Bombay and in St. John's. Catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.